In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into, the, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as, as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Today, I want to talk to you about the realness of Christmas. Christmas is a real thing. And I know we have been in this series called The Whole Christmas Story, and we've taken a look at the life of Jesus. We've taken a look at Jesus through the lens of Christmas, starting with his resurrection and the empty tomb. And we're all thankful that the tomb is empty because of that we have victory in Jesus. And then we looked at the cross. We looked at Jesus submitting to death on the cross and the torture that he went through, the punishment that he went through, that he bore in your place and in my place, that he took on all of our sin, all of our guilt, all of our shame on the cross. And he defeated it right there on the cross. But he was able to do that because he lived a perfect and sinless life. He lived for the will of the Father. He was obedient to the Father, even to the point of death. And today we're going to talk about the birth of Jesus as we look at the realness of Christmas. I want to talk to you about just how real Christmas is. Because on Christmas Eve, sometimes we look back and we think about Christmas like it's this fairy tale, like it's a Disney movie or some Hallmark movie where this young couple who's betrothed, they're going to get married and they have this little baby and, and they go to this fancy hotel that the Ritz Carlton, right? But there's no room for them there. So they find themselves out in a garage somewhere and she gives birth to this child. And we read about this over the course of 20 verses or 21 verses in the book of Luke. And it's like a little fairy tale. But Christmas is a real story that happened to real people in a real time in a real place. And I wanna to talk to you today on Christmas Eve about the realness of Christmas because how we perceive Christmas ultimately determines how we will view the life of Christmas, 
how we think about and remember his death, and how we celebrate his resurrection. It all starts with his birth as we talk about the realness of Christmas. So what I want to do is I'm going to give you just four quick things, four things that I pull out of this this passage in Luke as we talk about just how real Christmas is. And the first one is this. Jesus was a real person who lived in a real time. This passage started off with, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus, who was a real person, a historical figure, someone that we know actually lived during this time with Caesar Augustus. So scripture is giving us a historical basis to know that Jesus was a real person who lived at a real time. And that passage goes on to say, talk about a registration that was happening during the the governance of Quirinius of Syria. Again, two real historical figures that we can look look at that set the timeline for Jesus being a real person who lived at a real time. Why is that important for us to understand at Christmas? Because again, when we think about Santa Claus and the elves and all of these other things that we've added to Christmas, all of these other made up things that we've brought along with Christmas, sometimes we can forget about the fact that Jesus is real, that he was a real baby born in a real manger to a real mother at a real time who was conceived in the womb of this young girl by a real Holy Spirit who has real power, the same power that can change the circumstances in your life. We need to understand that Jesus was a real person who lived at a real time so that we can have real faith and real hope in our real savior. Jesus was a real person who lived at a real time. He was born to a real mother and laid in a real manger. Christmas is real because Jesus is real. The next thing that we need to understand is that God had a real plan to redeem real People, verse 11 said, for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a savior who is Christ the Lord. God had a real plan to redeem real people. And those real people are you and me. God had a plan for us before the very foundation of the world. He knew everything that was going to take place. He knew that the serpent was going to enter the garden. He knew that Adam and Eve were going to fall. And he knew he needed a plan of redemption for his people. God has chosen us. We're predestined before the very beginning of time because God had a very real plan to redeem very real people. Are you a real person? If so, God had a plan to redeem you. And that plan came through the form of a baby named Jesus, a baby who was with God in heaven, who emptied himself of his glory and clothed himself in flesh and came and dwelt among us so that he could redeem you and me from the sin and the shame and the guilt that we have in our lives because God had a very real plan to redeem very real people. But understand this, guys, on Christmas Eve, we don't deserve it. We don't deserve this redemption, but God gives it to us freely. Romans 5, 8 says that God demonstrates his great love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That means that while you were in the midst of your sin, in the midst of your shame, in the midst of all the wrong that you were ever going to do, God, knowing that, still sent his perfect son, born in a manger, born to a virgin girl, born there in the city of Bethlehem, the city of David, on that wonderful night, he sent his son to die to redeem you. No matter what you've done, no matter where you come from, no matter what you've been involved in in your life, God had a very real plan to redeem you from the very real problem that you had, the problem of sin that was leading to death and eternity in hell. God had a very real plan to redeem you from all of that. And Christmas is where we see that plan take root. Christmas is where we see that plan move into action. It's the first step 
and this action plan that God laid out throughout all of the Old Testament where he talked through the prophets. And we can read in the book of Isaiah and other places that God was going to send redemption, that he was going to make a way for us to be redeemed, that he was going to draw us back to himself. God all along had this very real plan to redeem very real people like you and me. And that plan's name is Jesus. For unto you was born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord, God's real plan to redeem very real people. But understand this, Jesus was born to the, in the lowest of places and revealed to the lowest of people. Jesus, born wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger. I don't know if you know what a manger really is. I know in our nativity sets, it looks like this nice little bassinet, almost this wooden bassinet that you would naturally lay a baby in. But no, that's not what a manger was. A manger is a feeding trough. A manger is the place where people would, would park their animals so that the animals could eat out of this thing. This is what Jesus was laid in. This is what the Son of God, the Prince of Heaven, this is what Jesus, God Almighty himself in the flesh, was laid in when he came to earth. And we watched that video at the start of this message, The Wrong Christmas Story. And I'm so thankful that little girl was there to get her dad back on a straight and narrow path, right? Because dad started talking about how Jesus came as a mighty king, as a mighty ruler, as a mighty warrior. And yes, he was all of those things, but he came in the form of a baby, born and laying in the lowest of places in a manger and revealed to the lowest of people. He was revealed to shepherds. The angel came to shepherds and said, I bring you good tidings of great joy. The angel was telling these shepherds about Jesus, about the baby that was born to save the world from its sin, the baby that was born to redeem man, to restore our relationship with God. The angel was telling the shepherds about this. But here's what you need to understand about shepherds. And I think it's so interesting that scripture often uses shepherds in a good way. But in their society, being a shepherd was not considered a good thing. Shepherds were stinky. Shepherds were dirty. They were always out with their sheep. They were always found themselves in situations that left them dirty and irreparable, irreparable. And they were in certain situations and circumstances that you and I would not want to be in on a daily basis. In fact, if you lived in that time and a shepherd walked into your house, you'd probably be a little bit repulsed by them because they smelled like animals. They smelled like sheep. They probably smelled like sheep feces and, and the other things that come out of sheep. They probably had dirt all over them from having to get their sheep out of trenches and, and pull vines and, and snares and thorns out off of their sheep. They probably had cuts and bruises on them from that process. They probably had wounds from having to defend their sheep against predators. Shepherds were not attractive people. They were not clean people. They were the lowest of the low in their society. But God often used shepherds like King David, who was a shepherd boy when he was called to be king. God often used shepherds to have his will be done with his people. But Jesus was born in the lowest of places and revealed to the lowest of people because God wants you to understand this very important fact. No matter how low you are, no matter who you are, or where you come from, God came here in the flesh for you. He came here for you. He came here for me. So no matter how far down in our sin and depravity we were, Jesus came for us. No matter where we come from economically, Jesus came from us. No matter whether you're from a third world country or from the richest family on earth, Jesus came to earth for you. He died 
for you. He was born and laid in a manger for you. Jesus came and was born in the lowest of of places and revealed to the lowest of people because God was sending a message that I'm here for the least of these. God's message is clear that no matter where you are, he is here for you. And that's why we as a church, Seven Cities Church, want to reach out to the community, want to reach out to the least of these, to the unloved, to the widows and to the orphans and to the hungry and the homeless, because those are the people that God came for. Yes, he came to redeem us. Yes, he came to redeem the whole world. But God made a statement right here on Christmas Day when his very own son was born and laid in a manger and revealed to shepherds the lowest of places and the lowest us the people, God was shouting at humanity, I am here for the least of these. Jesus was born in the lowest of places and revealed to the lowest of people. Jesus was a very real person who lived at a very real time because God had a very real plan to redeem very real people. And that plan involved Jesus being born in the lowest of places and revealed to the lowest of society so that we would understand that he came for the least of these and know that Jesus is the real gift. Jesus is the real gift. And I need you to catch this because on Christmas day, on Christmas morning, we like to think about Christmas in terms of the presents we're giving and the presents that we're getting. I know many of your kids are going to wake up tomorrow morning and they're going to be filled with excitement and filled with joy, wondering what's in each of those presents under the tree. We just, as a church, came together for 100 kids in the seven cities through Mercy Drops because we want them to wake up tomorrow morning and experience what it's like to have presents under the tree, to open gifts. But we need to understand that Jesus is the real gift. We need to leave this place, leave this video, leave whatever we're doing, walking away knowing that the real gift, the only gift that actually matters is the gift of Jesus that God gave his own, one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life because God didn't send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That's why God revealed his son to the lowest of people and had him born in the lowest of places so that we would understand that God so loved the world, the whole world, not the rich world, not the elite world, not the world that can give a lot of money, but God so loved the whole world. Those who had nothing to give back, those who have nothing to offer in society, God loved each and every one of them. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus, to be the real Christmas gift. Jesus is the real gift. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says that we are saved by grace through faith, that it's a gift of God, not of works, so that none of us can boast. Jesus is the real gift. But who is Jesus? Jesus is Emmanuel, which means that he is God with us. John 1 talks about how in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. But then down in verse 14, it says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He's the one who came down, who put himself in our position, who had empathy and compassion on us that elicited an active response that allowed him to come into flesh as a baby born in a manger revealed to shepherds who would live for 33 and a half years and then be beaten beyond recognition and be nailed to a cross, be pierced in the side, who would be placed in the tomb, but who would rise victoriously 
That's our Jesus. He is Emmanuel, God with us. And he was able to rise victoriously because he is our mighty God. He is full of power. He is awesome. He's omnipotent, which means he's all powerful. He's omniscient, which means he knows all things. And he's omnipresent, which means that he is everywhere. He is our mighty God. He is our wonderful counselor. That means that no matter what you're going through right now on Christmas, no matter what you're facing, I know that some of you have lost loved ones in recent times and you're mourning the death of people that were maybe here with you last Christmas, but they're not here with you this Christmas and you're grieving right now while other people are celebrating. You're in your homes or you're in this church and you're grieving right now and you're feeling lost and hopeless, but you have a wonderful counselor. And the and this Bible says in Psalm uh, 34, 18, that God is near to the brokenhearted, that he's saves those who are crushed in spirit. He's telling you right now on Christmas Eve that I sent my son to give you comfort, to be the king and the prince of all comfort, to comfort you right there where you are in the midst of what you're facing. You are not alone. You have a wonderful counselor. His name is Jesus, and he is right there with you to comfort you through everything that you are facing because Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He's our mighty God. He has power over everything that you face, and he is your wonderful counselor, he will comfort you in the midst of your storm. Jesus is our Prince of Peace. He will give you peace that surpasses all understanding. He's the bright and morning star. He will give you joy that is unspeakable and full of glory. He's our high priest. He's in heaven right now making intercession for you, pleading on your behalf. He is your redeemer. He's the one who died in your place, who took on your sin and your guilt and your shame and your punishment. He came down as the son of God, but he's also the son of man clothed in flesh. Bearing the price of our sin, of your sin, of my sin, the wages of sin that equals death, he bore all of that on the cross because ultimately Jesus is our Savior. Jesus is the real Christmas gift. But Christmas doesn't become real until you receive the real gift of Jesus. Christmas doesn't become real to you until you receive the real gift of Jesus. Remember, I mentioned Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 just a moment ago, and it, and it says that we are saved by grace through faith, that it is a gift of God, not of works, so that no one may boast. And John three sixteen talks about how God so loved the world that he gave. He gave his one and only son. He gave his son, Jesus, as the gift that you and I need, the real Christmas gift that we need this year to redeem us from our sin, to save us from hell, to give us eternity in heaven with him and with the Father. Jesus is the real Christmas gift, but Christmas doesn't become real until you receive the real gift of Jesus. Have you received that gift today? Do you know where you stand with him today? If you were to stand before him right now, would you hear, well done, good and faithful servant? Or would you hear, depart from me for I never knew you? This is the gift that you can have today is assurance that you know that when you stand before him, you will hear, well done, enter into the joy of my kingdom, that you'll hear, well done, good and faithful service servant. There is no greater gift than you can receive than the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ, our Savior and our Lord. It's the greatest Christmas gift you could ever give yourself. It's the greatest Christmas gift you could ever give your family. It's the greatest Christmas gift you could ever give back to the one who came and was born in the lowest of places and revealed to the lowest of people to let you know that he came for the least of these, that he came for you and for me. Christmas doesn't become real until you receive the real gift of Christmas. Remember this, that for unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Have you met the Savior? Do you know Christ? 
the Lord. If not, today is your day. Make sure that Christmas Eve is the day that you understand that Jesus was a real person born in a real time who lived in a real place that Jesus was part of God's real plan to redeem real people. Jesus was the plan and that Christmas becomes real when you receive the real gift of salvation that only comes in Jesus because Jesus is the real Christmas gift. What better time than on Christmas Eve, the day before we celebrate the birth of our Savior to ensure that He is your Savior, that you've received this gift. And the scripture makes it clear that in order to receive this real gift, this gift that God already purchased for you, scripture tells us that that we've been predestined and chosen, that the Holy Spirit gives us the faith to believe that, that you would even know that you're called and chosen, that it's your time to receive that gift because you will feel the Holy Spirit prompting you, drawing you to Jesus. And Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto myself. Jesus, through his Holy Spirit, when he was lifted up on that cross, sent out a a, a command, a call for all men, all those who belong to him, to come to him. This is the day to receive that gift, the gift of his blood poured out over you, the gift of his victorious resurrection in your life that gives you resurrection power, that makes alive your dead spirit, that gives you the very power and spirit of God inside of you. This is the day to receive that gift. But where do you stand? on Christmas Eve. Where is your relationship with God? Maybe you received that gift a long time ago, but you've kind of walked away. Maybe you received that gift when you were younger and in VBS or something like that, but you've had some time in your life where you no longer walk with God. Maybe you are a person who's never received that gift and you would say, Pastor Jay, I I hear what you're saying. It kind of makes sense to me. Now I see why Jesus was born, but I've never received this real gift on Christmas. Or maybe you're that person that's received that gift and you're like, Jay, I'm so thankful I have this gift. I can celebrate Christmas knowing the real purpose, the real meaning that it's all about Jesus. Jesus, this real Christmas gift that we get, no matter where you are on that spectrum, I still need you to understand that Jesus came for you, that he is here for you, that he died for you, and that he's offered you this gift. If you've never received it, make this the day that you receive it. If you feel the Holy Spirit drawing you in that way, if you have received it, but you've walked away from it, make sure that this is the day that you turn back, that you repent, that you say, Lord, I'm going to take up my cross and follow you because I believe that you died in my place, but you rose again. I believe that you bore my punishment on the cross. I believe that you lived a perfect life so you could be the perfect sacrifice. And now I know about your birth. I know that that you came, that you were a real person who lived at a real time because God had a real plan. And that plan was to redeem me. Jesus, thank you for redeeming me. And if you're that person who can celebrate the fact that you have the gift, maybe that you need to share that gift with someone else. Make that the gift that you give your loved ones, your neighbors, your family. Make the gift that you give them on Christmas, the gift of sharing your testimony, your God-given story with them so that they can come to know Jesus, the Savior, the way that you do. But where do you stand today on Christmas Eve? What are you going to do with the real gift that is Jesus. Can I pray for you? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people. 
I thank you for every person who is watching this, Lord, that, that they saw in the beginning what the wrong Christmas story was and that how you didn't bring Jesus in a way that we would normally think, that you didn't bring him as a king, that he wasn't born as a fully grown emperor, that he didn't come as a conquering warrior, that although he was doing all of those things in the spirit, that you sent him as a baby born in the lowest of places and revealed to the lowest of people so that we could understand that no matter how low we are, no matter how down and depraved we are, that you sent your son to die for us. Help us to grasp that this Christmas and help us to hold on to that, Lord, with all that we have to cherish that, to understand that that is the true gift that you've given us. Lord, and for every person who hears my voice that doesn't know you, Lord Jesus, I pray that through your Holy Spirit that you would draw them to the cross, that you would convict them of their sin, that you would show them their need for a Savior, and that you would reveal to them, Jesus, that you truly are the way, the truth, and the life, that the only way to the Father is through you. I pray that you would, through your Holy Spirit, give them the faith to believe right now, and that they would receive your gift this Christmas. I pray for those who have heard about you over the years and who, who know you but who have walked away, they've turned their backs. Lord, I pray that you would draw them back to yourself, that your Holy Spirit would grant them repentance, that they would repent of their sin, that they would turn and follow you and take up their cross each and every day to live for you, Lord Jesus. Jesus, thank you for this gift that you've given us. Thank you for emptying yourself of your glory. Thank you for clothing yourself in flesh. Thank you for dwelling among us, for being Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you for showing us through your perfect life, the way that we're supposed to live and setting the example for us. Thank you for paying for our sin and our shame and our guilt on the cross. And thank you for rising victoriously three days later, leaving an empty tomb, just like those boxes are gonna be empty tomorrow morning. Thank you for giving us this gift, for, for unwrapping that present for us and giving us your resurrection power that we can live victoriously in you. Because Jesus, you paid the price, you paid it all, and you defeated death, hell, and the grave. And now you hold the keys. Thank you for freely giving us this great gift and the real reason that we celebrate Christmas, Jesus, because of who you are, not just your birth, but also your life, your death, and your resurrection. And Lord Jesus, we thank you, we love you, and we praise you. And in Jesus, it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now, if you came...